0: But no stakes of like no one's paying me to do it. And so I can just sort of see what happens. And and so many kind of leaps for me personally in, in, in the work I make, I think, happened on projects like my Inktobers or on certain commissions that I've done where I was like, whoa, like I just I found something, you know, like how can now how can I take that and stick it into the next issue in a way that's going to, you know, meld in a little bit.
1: Hey,
2: thanks for listening. This week's intro comes to you from Salida, Colorado. My wife and I are out here for some mountain activity and family visiting. I wouldn't say that there's been as much time to get that mental space I was hoping for so far uh, between the have-tos with family and the ongoing
1: work projects, which don't seem to care that I'm away. There's still been some time to think, one thing I have been able to do uh, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know how long ago, but a
2: new writer friend of mine that I met at the Nebula conference earlier this year, we shared the first 50 pages of our books. And, uh, you know, me being the pushy me, I said, I'll go first. We had like an hour and a half long talk, which was great because I think it gets so important to share your work with people in the same discipline. It's just one of the key and core ways to improve the thing that you do. We all know the mistakes we make. It's easy to be blind to them because of timing or whatever. It's so much easier to see if someone's like missing something, going, Oh, you didn't explain this, or I don't understand what's happening here. Because um, it's not in our head, but we know the tool. So it's kind of cool. I've always found it to be. Really helpful for my process, seeing how others put their stories together and then thinking about the pieces. It forces me to contend with the writing craft in a way that's kind of hard to do for myself. And then taking those tools and applying it to my own work as much as I can in the terms of being objective. I I don't think I could possibly do it if I didn't have this opportunity to work and have relationships with other writers. Um, I have yet to hear what he has, thinks about my work, so I'm waiting in the wind, to, on, and not by his
1: actions, it's mine being on vacation. So this week's guest is Tyrell Cannon. Like so many
2: guests this season, I think, really think season 12 has been the, <laughs> the Heroes Con lineup, which is absolutely fine in my book, because I am loved every conversation his work man it lives in this sweet spot between realism and cartoony i just for me
1: i think it's such a great place because you can apply this look to so many genre and i just
2: i don't know like i want to see superhero books this way i want to see action books i want to see funnier books i want to see all sorts of stuff in these kinds of styles. So I, I naturally kind of, you know, go, oh I like this. If you're not familiar with his work on his book, Eris or beef bros, um, you can check out his brand new series. It just came out last week from image called the schlub. And so he is the artist on this with some great talent. The book looks great. It reads great. I've, I've read the first issue and it's wonderful. So there's a lot of cool moving pieces in this story and it's a lot of fun so I I I can recommend something like this if you're into a kind of high action and uh, irreverent storytelling. This is me with Tyrell Cannon. I think podcasting talking about visual stuff. Um, behind you over your left shoulder, I think it's your left shoulder. I see that you have a art um an artist edition in the box.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got a few back there. That one I'm using to flatten out my comp copies of, uh, and, uh, that is the new Michael golden Marvel Swords. Oh my gosh.
1: Dude. It's, it's (laughs) unbelievable. And the funny thing
2: was, is it rolled up in, you know, in the mail, I guess two weeks ago and I had forgotten about it completely. And I thought like, did I like, did somebody buy this and send it to me? Like I couldn't remember even seeing it, ordering it, Nothing. It just and I'm I was on like I was on their website going, What is this thing? Like I had yeah. no idea what it was. And I'm looking, I'm like, wait, what? Huh? I've no yeah. So and it is unbelievable. And it has three of my all-time favorite stories of his in there. And I'm like, "Why?" Wow. like this was like made for me. Like,
0: yeah, it feels like it. I mean, I've I'm a huge fan of his and consider him a big influence. And uh same. I mean, I feel like it has all the things I wanted. It's got that mm-hmm. Spider-Man story. It has that Wolverine, Larry Hama story. Which is it has so nom, cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. And it's just like blowing my mind. And I, I went to get it. My, my my shop that I go to for this kind of stuff is Challengers here in Chicago. And they said this was the most ordered art, artist edition they've had. And oh so they God. went ahead and bought some extra ones. And I was there with my buddy, uh, Dan, and he had an order one. He bought one of them just when he saw mine. <laughs> And then I'm I'm on a group, a kind of a group call with some other artists pretty often. And so we we've all been talking about it. You know, me and like Stegman, uh, you know, who works on the schlub with me, he's yep. like he put, put one of the images in there from that Spider-Man story, and he's just like, I can't believe that a human being drew this, you know. It's, it's just so so good.
2: Oh my god. Okay. So like let's just let's let's just be nerds and just completely dive into this one because like this, like you know, like and, and you know, full disclosure. I don't blab about it a lot, but he's he's he was my mentor in comics. Like I've known him since 1990, I think. Yeah. So um, and we're you know, we've been longtime friends, and you know, he's he's just one of the you know, I owe him so much in so many ways. And um, but it was, you know, it that like that Spider-Man, you know, issue with the Hulk is so ridiculously good and i'm gonna tell you it is the one comic that i can i could never pass up like if i'm in a comic shop and it's there i'm like i'll buy it like it mm-hmm. was like one of these re, you know reoccurring kind of stories mm-hmm. for me and i've looked at that thing thousands of times i mean it, it's just I've soaked it up in every every angle possible and i kid you not like somewhere in the last i don't know eight months or so i'm looking through it again And I realized that I think there's only one panel in the entire book that he used perspective lines for (laughs) the entire thing is all eyeballed. And I'm like, how did I miss this? How did I like go from the person who looked at this as the sort of one of the Bibles to like study, to figure out how to do this incredibly hard job and not realize that like yeah you know the principles of perspective you know two one two three point perspective you can fake fish eye sure all by your eye but yet you sit there with the stupid pins and long you know long straight edges spending all this time yeah Eyeball trying to make it look or trying to make it perfect you know
0: right right no he finds that place where it's between correct and and you, you need a little bit of free form in there, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I struggle to find that balance too. I think a lot of artists, especially nowadays with all the tools that are available, things tend to to flatten out and look a little bland. And I, I think it's just because they're not adding any sort of uh, it's not mistakes, but it's like it's like the flourish of the human hand that happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, and and you look back at that stuff, and that that's what really jumps out to me about about people like Michael Golden and other artists, where it looks correct. If you were to sit down and measure it all out, it probably wouldn't be correct, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter. You know, you you can't be completely wacky with your, you know, your perspective has to sort of make sense. Right. And I think the longer you do it, and you know this probably too, the longer you do it, the more you just kind of get a knack for, if it's a simple perspective, you can just kind of knock it in. You know, I'm, I'm barely starting to get to that point myself.
2: It, yeah it's but it it was a real it was just like one of those real sort of shameful events for me where I go, how did I miss this how did I miss this thing just glaring at me the whole time um yeah and the uh and that the hama golden story in there the the Wolverine thing like like he freehands everything in that the panel yeah. borders everything, and I'm like, okay, you know like that's like and I remember looking at that when he when it first came out like in ninety two and I'm like man what like just what a lay down he's just like oh by here by the way it's a royal flush move on you know (laughs) you're like okay okay
0: that one that's the story that i didn't i wasn't aware of until kind of recently i i um i think i found it via um aaron conley had posted something about it and i was like what is this what is this from and he's like oh holiday special so i immediately went and seek you know seeked it out and uh when i got it I was just reveling. I love silent stories. I love Hama, mm-hmm. and I love Michael Golden. And then I immediately, you know, just just because of the age, it came out and kind of the way they had done it, I was like, man, I really want to see this in black and white. And then a few <laughs> weeks later, I find out it's in the artist edition. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. So,
2: yeah, it's it, it is pretty incredible. And you know the I, I, that I guess that holiday story came out one year after my holiday story, which was my sort of air quote debut at Marvel, right. and like yeah. Vastly different. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was that one? I don't know if I caught that one.
2: That was a holiday special for the um for Power Pack. They brought Power Pack back. Wasn't a regular title, but for some reason, I guess Wheezy talked them into doing a holiday special because June brigham would come back to draw it. So they were oh, like, cool. cool, we'll do some backup issues, you know, stuff in there. And so Dan Slott and I got the call. To do to do uh, to do our sort of debut stuff and that, which was funny.
0: That's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: holiday yeah.
0: special? It seems like they try out a lot of things there. They'll 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 give a new person a shot sometimes. They'll they'll, they'll yeah. put some old timers on just whatever they want to do, and that's always fun. I think there's a lot of hidden gems in those one off issues throughout the mm-hmm. big two.
2: Yeah, yeah. So what? How did you like? How did you you know, staying on my favorite subject? But how how did you first find Golden's work?
0: Uh, honestly, it was probably w- when I was a kid reading comics, um, I was a big Punisher fan. And so it was probably mm-hmm. Punisher covers was the first thing Those I saw. Covers. And, and yeah. man, his Punisher covers are, are amazing. And and I remember always being like, that was, that wasn't, you know, Punisher's had a wild ride. We, we don't have to get too far into it. But I think at that era, it was sort of, there were so many Punisher titles and varying degrees of, uh, quality. And, and so mm-hmm. I would see these golden covers and I, Oh, I got to get this. And of course the right. insides were vastly different in, in almost every case, but those kind of became ingrained in my mind as like what, um, like, you know, the, the golden Punisher stuff was like, that's what that kind of, you know, the, the glove Punisher can look like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and became a big part of that. And then I think that, uh, the other thing kind of unbeknownst to me, that was probably an introduction to his work for me was Bucky O'Hare. You know, I, I, yeah. I remember watching the show and stuff and being like, this is crazy. This is cool years later find out that he worked on it and I think it was mostly just cover stuff that got me into his work because then you know I would see his covers on other things like Batman and stuff and then I finally dived in and got uh, the nom you know at some mm. point in my life and then you know I was like oh my gosh his interiors are as good or better than his covers and right and it just kind of became uh, an influence that has come in come in waves for me of, of, of like strength of his influence it's always there but mm-hmm. certain times I try to zero in on certain artists so right now he's one of the the people I'm very much zeroed in on is like, yeah. what lessons can I learn from his work and and apply into my work or adapt into my work?
2: Well, you said, you said something earlier and it, it, the, the statement that came in my head regarding his work is drawing for effect. Yeah. So he's really great at drawing for effect. So when you think of things like the, um, the GI Joe yearbook, you know, and you look at the, the tires and the wheels of the vehicles, how he is, making them, you know, you know, not circles anymore. He's making them yep. ovals yep. and he's stretching things to draw for effect. Like the car is skidding. Yep. So he's going to stretch that vehicle to make it look like it is, you know, in the happening in like multiple moments in time.
0: I think that's a, that's a really good, I never heard that exact phrasing before, but that's very much what I'm drawn to in in a lot of people's work, but his especially, and definitely something that I'm trying to do in my work because I feel and I'm not trying to slam anybody or anything. I, I do feel like that if I was to generalize about the superhero comics coming out today, it is lacking some of that, um, mm. you know, distortion for, for effect. And, and I think that there's, there's so many examples of artists that that, that have done it in the past and, and it used to be maybe a little more in vogue than it is now, but I'm trying to, you know, chip away at bringing some yeah. of that back. I mean, Golden and, and Jason Pearson is another one for me that I'm oh, never afraid to, 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 to just twist things a little bit to enhance, the speed or the motion or the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, kind of impact of, 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 you know, explosions or punches and those kind of things are distorting a face, you know, in mm-hmm. some way. I love that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it's like when in cinema, when you get to play with time, you know, when they can mm-hmm. slow things down and speed things up, like all that kind of cool action stuff, I think, Especially Jason was one of those artists, I think, who really, really wanted to play with time in that respect by like warping things. And it was was so, you know, you know, you're like, damn him. He's so cool. You know,
1: it was always (laughs) great.
0: Those two, two especially, you know, I've been really obsessed with with some of those ideas of speed and motion and energy and and the magic of conveying those things with lines on a two-dimensional plane. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it. And with those two, the thing that, that I've been trying to learn from them is they, they do that, but everything they draw still has a lot of weight and a lot of light considered Mm -hmm. and form considered. And I think a lot of, a lot of times when you, when you distort things, it's really easy to lose track of, of form and shape and weight. And, uh, and, and a lot of that I think is the way they both use spotted blacks and stuff. And so I've been trying to apply a lot of that to my work and use it to enhance some of the. You know, I, I I try to do a lot of sort of motion. I don't know what you'd call them, blurring or or, or motion sort of impressions. So rather mm-hmm. rather than drawing like a fist, you know, yeah. right here with some speed lines behind it, I want it to look like the arm is is distorting as it, as it comes yes. across the, the the image plane. You know.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think like that early the early sort of like visuals of that like you know, going back, you know, 40 plus years is like how Kirby would, you know, enlarge things, you know, the foreground and push things in the back. And that was that sort of same sense of dynamism, you know, but maybe in just more of a linear kind of approach, you know, straight to front to back kind of way. Um, Yeah, I mean, well, okay, there's two paths here. One path is I think a lot of the technology has made it so much easier to draw comic books with reference on the screen as you're drawing, so you yeah. can really be yeah. quite accurate, which is great, but it does take a lot of the cartoonist out of the of the job yeah. and I think when you are stylizing and cartooning that's when you can really kind of open the door up and make things kind of beyond what they are um, versus adding more muscles and veins you know like right. it's a different type of uh of energy um And the other thing is is like when you were saying about like the spotting the blacks, I mean, I think that's another missing element in a lot of modern work is that Mm -hmm. it's very linear. There's Mm -hmm. a whole lot missing in the in the structuring of the drawing by adding the weight of blacks, because we have at this time this technology of the coloring techniques, which are mind-boggling good. Yeah. But they're taking but but a lot I think a lot of it, a lot of the load is being handed off to the colorists to solve the problems and mm-hmm. which and I'm not you know and I don't, I don't think I'm really knocking anybody in this in this thing I just think it's a part of the a part of the process and um you know I think the pendulum will swing back and forth in the future
0: right I think yeah. there's an ebb and a flow and right maybe the last ten years or so I think there's been kind of an obsession with, with kind of the, the, the advantages of digital tools. And and I think that you can make good work with it. You absolutely can. I don't Mm -hmm. think that tool is the problem ever, you know, in the long run, but in the short term, I think, uh, it it does allow some, some shortcuts that I think are detrimental to an artist being able to be expressive and be individual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I always like art that looks unique, right? I, I don't, I don't, you know, but I can understand why some a place like Marvel or DC might want very consistent stuff across their line. No, I, I I get that, but for me, I always want I, I gravitate towards artists that that definitely have a voice and a vision, and and that's that's what I want to do. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want if I'm sure of anything, it's that nobody else's stuff looks like mine. You know, and that's that's definitely totally. a goal is that I want it to feel like that's a Tyrell Cannon comic, the same way you look at a Michael Golden. That's a Michael Golden comic. You know, that's that's sort of what what I'm going for at least. Yeah. Um, yeah do you still now you don't make comics anymore, but are you still drawing often or, or how how much are you sort of engaging with the visual part of the media it's so
2: it's so little, and it's so funny you ask that question because um i i be, I, I, I do novel writing mostly, and I'm editing mm-hmm. a few people's comic books in indie comics and uh, one of my perks for this fundraiser. I did a writing fundraiser was to do some, some character sketches. And I'm like sitting down, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so, so out of shape. Like I, (laughs) and I, yeah. my wife is, my wife is a, is an artist, a painter and a sculptor. And she's like, Oh, she's like, I get that. And I said, here's the weird thing. Like if I sat down and just focused and did a very detailed work, I could, I could muscle through that. Like I make a very detailed finished looking drawing. Yep. But to sit there and just bang out some cool ass figure, you know, and a very loose, you know, I like I look at Matt Smith's like just simple drawings he does, of, you know, like, hey, I'm doing this. Yeah. And that. I'm like, they're so cool. They're so simple. They're so lovely. And I'm like, man, I just want to do that, you know, but I'm just my mind is it just I don't have the reps. The reps aren't yeah. there. like I'm, I can yeah. I can fake the artifice, but the reps just aren't there for that, that drawing side of it
0: it's definitely a muscle, you know, oh, yeah. I, I was on I was on vacation this last weekend and I didn't really draw very much. And I came home and last night I was like looking at some of my, my work on the schlub. And then I was like, I was, I was simultaneously like, wow, this is pretty good. And then how did I do this? I don't remember like how did, <laughs> how did I draw these lines? You know, I mean, I know it'll come back, but it's so weird. And I think that that's why, you know, one of the things, um, you know, I've had like interns and assistants in the past. And one of the things I always tell them is, it's cliche, but you, you gotta, you gotta draw every day. You, you, it could be anything, mm-hmm. it could be a scribble. It can be anything. You just got to sort of keep that um, muscle and that brain to arm to eye sort of connection yeah. um, flexing. You know, you can still, you know, if you don't draw every day, you can still look at a piece of art and and, and like you can probably too. It's, it's like, tell what's working about it. Tell what's not mm-hmm. working about it. Say what's great about it, but to do it, you need to sort of have that, that uh, baseline, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, I'm thinking when you were talking about it, it's like, it's a tripod, you know, and like, you need all three of those things to make it stable and work really well. Otherwise yeah. it's going to be a little, little flimsy. Um, you can, yeah. you can get away with a monopod. Like we all know that you can, you can still do it, but it's, it's not going to be consistent. Right.
1: Right. No.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the hard part. And, 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 you know, I think the reason I think, a lot of comic book artists are, I think, some of the best, you know, draftsmen or, or illustrators in the world is because it's such a a mountain of drawing. You know, you're mm-hmm. surrounded by you're drawing more than anybody else probably is in, in, in most other fields. Yeah. And so I think those muscles get a lot of reps, you know, and, and it comes down to how much as an artist you want to push yourself to grow because you can get comfortable, too, and kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, plateau and say, great, I can do whatever weight bench press all day, you know, but <laughs> right. it's nice to kind of keep pushing yourself. But I think comic book art and comic book artists are, are just by default going to have a little more um, I know, muscle tone, I guess you'd call it, than, than mm-hmm. a lot of other people, because you have to do it every day or it won't get done. There's just so much drawing that has to happen.
2: Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and it and these are finished drawings. It's not It's not like, it's not like, hey, I'm doing storyboards, which is- right you know which yep. is a layout skill you know it's a it's yep. a composition skill but you don't have to have something finished finished you just have something that is translatable right. so that's where my artwork stops you know as i've been an art director and a designer for i don't know like 23 four five years so i i you know for me it's get that sketch done show the sketch and people are like oh okay i get that right. but right. you know i don't i don't have to do anything further than that
0: right um, right yeah, I've done storyboard stuff in the past and 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 there there's something fun about it but um I think my compulsion which I think is another issue comic book artists have is my 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 compulsion to make lines is not satisfied by it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I always want to take it further. And I remember the first few storyboard gigs I ever got, I was like just going all out and they're just right. like what are you doing? Like don't, like don't yeah. we're not going to use any of those details. You're wasting your time. You're wasting our time. Yeah. And when I finally got it, I was like, "Okay, I can see how this is a you know you, you just kind of you roll through it as quick as you can you iterate and you keep going
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's it's so true like you just like oh that's not enough of a drawing they need more like you you i gotta <laughs> i gotta give them more it's the, it, yeah. it it is that compulsion you're so right it is not yeah yeah and you know hats off to you know people who can do both really well like who can do yeah. the comic book stuff and it doesn't look like you're a storyboard artist, and they could do storyboards, and they don't look like a comic book artist, you know posing as a storyboard artist, yeah,
0: those <laughs> unicorns, man, I hate those guys, you know,
2: yeah, I know <laughs> i know I know one, and he's really nice, that's a problem. I gotta figure <laughs> yeah. he's gotta have a chink in his armor somewhere,
0: sure, everybody
1: does,
2: <laughs> yeah, um so tell me about i mean guess tell me about the schlub, let's just talk about that for a little bit because you yeah. sent me issue one and I read it and I thoroughly enjoyed it, enjoyed it. I mean, you're, and like you said, I mean, you, like you are talking about making your artwork unique in you like it is, it's totally you. Like there's like, you don't look and go, well, yeah, this is so-and-so like he's in this camp. Like, and it's not like you don't have your influences, but it's not like, you know, you're not looking like artist X mark right. II.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you read it and enjoyed it. I, you know, it's been, you know, I, I, the other crazy thing, which, which you can relate to, I'm sure is that, you know, I, I drew issue one <laughs> months and months and months and months ago. And so, you know, I can look at it and still appreciate it, but I'm like, you know, I'm working on issue six right now. And so you, you sort of see your evolution. Um, but, uh, the schlub, so it started out, uh, Ryan segment, uh, the infamous Ryan segment he had pitched this to image with him writing and drawing it a long time ago and I, they accepted it and he was going to do that and it was after he had done i think it was after he had done superior spider-man and then um marvel called him up and said hey do you want to do this thing with Donnie? uh donny do <laughs> you want to do this venom thing and he's like sure and so he did that and that obviously turned into a big long uh run for him and 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 turned out great i mean those guys did some great work on that and i think that at some point he was like man I really still want to do the schlub, but there's no way I'm going to be able to do it all myself anymore. And so that's when he reached out to, um, so I knew him and Kenny, um, socially through, um, I'm on sort of a group call with some other artists and people, uh, that we sort of bounce things off each other and talk while we're working, you know, just, just so you're not isolated in the studio by yourself. Like a lot of us are, um, as you know, and so Ryan's on that call and, and Kenny's on that call amongst other people. And so he, he had seen me working on some different stuff and I had just quit my day job in, in 2018, 2019. And, um, he liked what I was doing and he asked if I wanted to work on it. And I said, sure. And then he said, don't you want to know what it's about? I said, sure. <laughs> um, cause you know, I, I like both of them. I had done, already done a pitch with Kenny in the past that didn't get picked up, but it was a lot of fun. And, and I really enjoyed working with both of them, respected their work. And, um, it just felt, you know, and it was that image. I've wanted to have a book at image since I was 10 years old. And so, um, you know, Kenny got involved and Ryan had sort of done an outline, but hadn't done any issue writing or, or, or character designs or anything like that. So Kenny started fleshing it out with him, the story. And then they, they gave me the characters and I started making the character designs. And then we were off to the races. You know, image was fine with him switching to me as the artist and Kenny as the co-writer. And then after I had drawn maybe an issue or two, um, we got Mike Spicer involved. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan asked me, he's like, who do you want to color this? And I, I said, well, if you can get Mike, you know, I didn't think he would get Mike because Mike is really, I think really good. One of the best colorists right now and, and always yeah. busy. And we got Mike and I was so excited. And, and, and of course he's been a dream and and just knocking it out of the park with every issue. And, uh, John, uh, John J Hill, the letter designer, he had worked with Ryan on uh, vanish and, and stuff. He kind of does design for all the KLC books um, for the KLC press that Ryan does. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I've been working on it now for, I guess it's been about a year, just getting these, 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 uh, character designs first, and then starting on the issues and, uh, and working my way through it. And I'm going to be hopefully wrapping up the sixth issue, which is the end of the first arc. Um, sometime in the next month, I should have that done. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, that's sort of how it all came about and, and how we got to where we are now. And, and of course the book comes out Wednesday, so this week, I've just, this last few weeks, I've been trying to talk to a lot of people about it and, you yeah. know, I'm excited. I want other people to be excited. As you know, it's it's always a grind and, and trying to get your work out there and, and get try to tell people how, that don't order comics how to get comics and tell people that are ordering comics that they need to order it, not just expect it to be on the shelf. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride, but it, it's been a blast. They're really fun to work with, all, all of them. You know, Kenny and, and Ryan and, and Mike and, and John are all, Great. I feel like I'm working with a team of people that all love comics and want to make good comics. Like that's job mm. one, make a good comic that is fun and unique and different and brings all of our talents to the table. Um, yeah. so that's my little short, like, too long, probably.
2: <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, it's cool. And I mean, it, it's, and it's, it's different and, you know, and I think like, I mean, I think about like when you're saying like, you know, Ryan wanted to do it, you know, was sort of on, on the, you know, bench to do this. I'm like, wow, I've been so different of a book, you know, and and I've, I've come to this sort of realization in like, I don't know, maybe in the last year or so that like, I think there's such, so much more of an advantage for people who live on the stylized cartoon side of comic books than the sort of mainstream you know, realistic side. And because the variety of opportunities that you can apply stylistic work to is far broader than mm-hmm. straight, mm-hmm. you know, because it's very it's very odd when you take a really good straight up comic book artist and you slap him into something that is not straight up superhero yep. work. It yep. feels that there's like a weird disconnect because it's right. almost like, this is a kind of a mystical reality world. And why are these realistic people in it? Like it has this kind of strange kind of vibe to it. And I think, right. yeah, you know.
0: that's a good point. And, 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 you know, I, I, I've been, I've been joking with, with Ryan and you know, that like, it's a good thing I'm drawing this book instead of him. You know, I, I love Ryan's work. He's one of the, one of the greats, one of the all time greats. He'll be one of, known as one of the greats of this generation of artists for sure. Mm-hmm. And his stuff is amazing. And I learn from it all the time. Um, but, you know, I do think that and, and I think also that Kenny and Ryan both played to my strengths when they kind of started reworking it. But, you know, th- there's there's a little there's humor in it, but there's also, I think, some darkness and some emotion. And, and it's I want everything to feel very expressive. And I think that's definitely something that my style lends itself to maybe maybe in a different way than Ryan's does. And so mm-hmm. I, I do think that the book kind of it feels sort of really tailor made for for what I'm interested in right now. Because I've yeah. I've gone through lots of different evolutions and I plan to go through more. But right now I'm interested in in action, and expressiveness, and and sort of you know very w- wild designs and big effects and and that kind of stuff. And so to have the opportunity with a book that has kind of the trimmings of a superhero comic, but these other elements thrown in that push it a little bit over the edge from from what you're normally worth are used to expecting, and 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 then being able to draw characters that look like Cirrus which is sort of a, to me, feels like an exaggerated version of sort of the classic superhero. And then you have Roger, you know, well, the original Roger, the the short rotund Roger mm-hmm. that I've sort of pushed the cartooning to make him feel a little bit outside of reality, you know, right. but then still have background characters that feel much more like the real world. And and that's, you know, all those are elements that I I love to see. You know, one of the things that I never liked in, you even when I was younger when reading superhero comics is how all the characters kind of look the same, which is different haircuts or, or different costumes.
2: <laughs> different colors.
0: Right. I, I don't, I don't, I never liked that. Whereas mm-hmm. I like it. I like when I draw a page with Cirrus and Roger, Cirrus is eight feet tall. You know, he looks like he weighs 700 pounds and Rogers five foot one probably weighs
2: and weighs 700 pounds. <laughs> right,
0: right. 180, 200, something like that. And so I think that, uh, it's just been really fun for me to to have the freedom to to really push those those differences because with the theme of the book being about kind of the the dichotomy between the, these two bodies and lifestyles and outlooks on life you know anything to play those up and then surround them with people that maybe feel more consistent in some ways so that those those uh differences can really start to shine or i don't know if shines the word but really play off of each other in interesting ways
2: right yeah i mean I, I mean listen I think a lot of you know uh we and i put myself in the category of the mainstream comic you know creator in the terms were a product of the past and the past was consistency you know i mean that yeah. you know when you when you the term house style is there for a reason like you know in the 70s they wanted everyone to draw like jack kirby like can you can you make it look like jack kirby yeah. and yeah. Then it became like, well, can you make it look like John Byrne or something? Like they they wanted a very consistent yeah. look to things. And then Jim Lee, of yeah. course. So, yep. and, and I and, and I get that because you're sort of playing to the majority, which may not be um, cognizant of the nuances between the work. Like yeah. the work yeah. is secondary to the character. Like cool Wolverine. There's five different books with him this month. It doesn't matter who's drawing it or, you know, it's just a story with Wolverine that I want to, you know, kind of dig into. And we're all, we've all been in that place, you know, as fans of whatever a thing is, we just want more of the thing we like. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's, it's, it's the nature of it, but, you know, it would be, you know, it's an interesting, you know, concept to think of like, how you would have this comic book, you know, sort of landscape look if, individuality was sort of like expressed like hey just we're comfortable we know the avengers are awesome now you make it look the way you want it to look and make it look awesome
0: right well it's it's crazy to me because um you know even before i was doing this full time i was i was self-publishing and i was very engaged with and still am very engaged with the indie comics and self-published community which is sort of what we're what you're you're talking about in a way yeah. it's like that's all people trying to do their very own specific thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you go to those conventions, like, like cake, you know, you find just these, you know, this great variety of of types of people and the types of work they're making, the types of lines they're using, the types of tools they're using. And to me, it feels so invigorating and it makes you see the possibilities of the medium. And um, at the same time, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not under any illusion. I I know that I'm an outlier in, in the sense that, with a lot of mainstream stuff, I know that a lot of it is looked at as a, you know, it's a product and it's entertainment, and and so consistency is important. Story is probably the most important thing, and I understand that the timeliness is important and all those things. But at the same time, it's like when they do take those risks in, within the mainstream, those are the books that become, the the, the ones that everybody remembers and seeks out. I mean, that's that's how you get Dark Nights. That's how you get. Silver Surfer Black, that's how you get, you know, when you let the inmates run the asylum a little mm-hmm. bit, it really, you know, reinvigorates, I think, people's engagement with it, where it's it's great to have a long storyline that you can follow and you see Wolverine or whoever across all these books. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think you always need that little, I don't know what you call it, that little jump start again, that little something to be like, whoa, I never thought about this for the character yeah. or for the style or for whatever. And And so... I'm always striving for that. It's probably not the best financial plan for my life, but it's definitely something (laughs) that I, I can't avoid. I I just can't, I can't do it the other way. I've tried and I, I just, I I lose engagement so quickly. And when you're drawing for whatever, 12 hours a day, every day, if you're not loving it, then it's, it's so hard. It's it's awful. It's, it's torture.
2: No, it, it, it is. It's brutal. And, uh, Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, the day is so long, you know, your hand (laughs) only has so much juice in it for the day. It is really, really rough. Um, Yeah. And it's so funny. Like I think back, you know, to, I mean, how, think about how masterful and powerful Bill Sienkiewicz was in the, in the realm for what he produced through Marvel. Like, Mm -hmm you know, Moon Knight taking it from his very Neil Adams you know based, you know, style to what we consider Bill Sienkiewicz. And then he moves off and goes The New Mutants, like which was a cool book. But then it's like, hey, I'm you know, it's like, hey, we're gonna replace I think Bob McLeod with, you know, or I can I can't remember if it was Bob McLeod doing the artwork or something, you know, with Bill Sienkiewicz. And it's just totally out there. And then amid all that there's like this this Kevin Nolan issue that oh, is man. there and Kevin is like doing this reductive semi cartoony look to the whole thing mm-hmm. and you're like i i mean it, it was so far out there i mean i have to believe it was all archie goodwin my theory is that archie goodwin sure, was sure. <laughs> he was a master of jujitsu or something and he was just twisting everyone's arm in the in the editorial offices because how do you explain that? How do you explain this? Because it didn't look like anything else out there.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. But those are the moments, I think, you know, that those risks happen. And it, it invigorates, I think, the fan base just because mm-hmm. they get to either love or hate something. And sure. I think it invigorates other creators to see new possibilities. And yeah. it helps the medium to not stagnate, you know, and become mm-hmm. sort of just bland and and you see this across any medium i think you know any medium that that, that straddles art and, and entertainment you know with film it's the same thing i mean we're at this point now i think with a lot of action movies or a lot of superhero movies where they've become formulaic to a point where everybody can see that and so right. they're needing maybe some some little injections of something different in there and so i think we're going to start to see a lot of interesting things happen in that arena as well and i think right now we're seeing it in comics i think that there is a group of creators and 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 books out there right now that are sort of tweaking things a little bit and pushing the envelope a little bit, and and it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be making comics when there's when there's artists like you know like Trad Moore and and Danny Warren Johnson and and some of these creators that are just really pushing limits on what what this mm-hmm. market is used to seeing. So
2: yeah, and I mean it's like you know it's know, earlier when you were talking about it, I was thinking about like how you know, the the thing is, is that, you know, it's like food, you know, people are very comfortable with the food that they have available. This is why, you know, McDonald's is so successful. It's the same thing wherever you go. And people get really hinky. If you throw something different into the dish, they're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's like, so that's almost like when you add some sort of like unique art, you know, sort of offering into this run of whatever the comic book that everybody loves, and people go, wait, what is this? Is this gonna make me sick? (laughs) And, you know, but meanwhile, you have a whole group of either, you know, f- future artists or current artists looking at that going, Oh, my God, that's, that's it. Like, that's the yeah. thing. And yeah. we chase after that. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. And, and that's I'm always looking for that. You know, if I'm at a show, or if I'm in the this, this shop, I want something to pop out and kind of give me pause to say, what are they doing here? How did they do that? Or, or, or where did this come from? And I'm never short of it in comics. I mean, it's, it, it, it the comics lie in this strange area between re, like, comics. I'm I'm not going to include movies and stuff because even though comic book movies are popular right now, we all know that's not forever, but like there's this strange spot that that comic books occupy where it's sort of like very, you know, separate from culture, but at the same time it kind of has its own, culture. And I feel that it it affords comics to kind of have these strange, uh, uh, iterations that happen, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and there's, there's so many that come out and they're so, I guess, cheap in a way. I mean, I'm not saying that in any kind of bad way, but just, you know, there's something that that thrives on iteration. You know, you don't spend, most people don't spend five years making a movie or making a comic the way you might spend five years making a movie. and so you know, you're, you're constantly being pushed to invent. And like like you and I know, and like we were talking about, like if you're sitting at the table all day, you, you kind of have to find something in there to kind of just get your juices going again. and or, or you have a bad day and you do something weird and you're like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, like, what did I do totally. there? And how did that work? And, you know, the happy accidents is another thing I'm trying to get better at being very open to instead of controlling everything. If you're drawn, I don't know, five pages a week, you're going to have some mistakes and you can't go back and fix them all. And so part of it is not, I've noticed that most readers aren't going to look at them as mistakes, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, maybe it's not about thinking that it's a mistake, but saying, okay, here's a new you know, twist in the road I'm on. How can I take that curve a little faster? Or right. how can I stabilize after I've gone around that curve to kind of get back on track? And it, it it's, that's sort of the, when you're on the creative side of comics, I think that's, something you you have to learn, like I'm learning to engage with, you know, and and not being so obsessive over everything, you know, which is sort of what I've been most of my life. I've been sort of an OCD person. And, And so finding that, that room for things to be, you know, imperfect, but not imperfect in a way that they are lesser than, but imperfect in a way where there's like a joy in those sort of little, uh, happy accidents.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and it's, it's the, I guess the, the, the terrible kind of vibe, feeling or trap with that is, you know, you, you got to stay a model you know, you got to make it yeah. through the issue. You got to make it through yeah. the run and make it, make it consistent, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough racket uh, because that's the job. And I remember, you know, I talked to like, you know, Wilfredo Torres, Torres, who like, he's like I draw in the morning in the evening like to warm up and to cool down and that's my time to experiment like I'm gonna like because like so if he sees a happy accident he's gonna go look I'm gonna see if I can kind of recreate that or modify it or develop it because maybe you can make a new tool that you can break out of the next project and like Sebastian Perez um he's he's uh he he has this amazingly cool style like it's so fun active and all these things but it's not in his regular comic book work because he's afraid he's like i don't think i like i don't know if they'll hire me to do this stuff and i'm like well buddy if you can pull off this throughout a book everyone's going to want to buy it but it's like so he's like building that arsenal you know of How do I solve all these problems? Because as you said earlier, the, it's all the drawing you have to do. You have to do all this right. drawing, and you have to make right. you have to make the cars, the backgrounds, the every little bit has to fit in this world. Yeah, and yeah. if you're trying to do something new, you got to do it new for everything.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like um, you know, in the midst of an issue, you, you might have a little bit of that, but it's nice to find those ways like you're saying, to explore that. For me, I try to make my, I do commissions too as another way to kind of get some income. And those are a great place for me to play and to find some new way to do something. Like what's another way I can distort something or what's another Mm -hmm. way I can render something or what's, you know, something like that. So so commissions are that for me. And then the last five years or so, I've done the kind of the Inktober thing where I try to do an ink drawing every day. And usually I try to tell a story and I'll do like maybe a half a page a day of inks. And those have been another opportunity for me because there's a time constraint, um, but no stakes of like no one's paying me to do it. And right. so I can just sort of see what happens. And and so many kind of leaps for me personally in, in, in the work I make, I think, happened on projects like my Inktobers or on certain commissions that I've done where I was like, whoa, like I just I found something, you know, like how can, yeah. now how can I take that and stick it into the next issue of the schlub in a way that's going to, you know, meld in a little bit.
2: Totally. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's tough. And I think it's the same. With, I mean, listen, it's the same for everything. You know, a writer is going to come across a work and read it and be completely inspired by the narrative technique, the whatever it is, and go, Oh, man, I really want to bring that into the, you know, into what I'm doing. Now, if they're in the middle of writing a comic series, they can't exactly change you know, Hey, I'm going from a first person here to a third, third person limited, you know, like that's going to, you know, not going to fly, but it's this interesting thing where you have to kind of develop all those tools and avenues. So you write short stories or you write a comic book, you try to do things to get that, those muscles, you know, strong, so you can actually pull it off when you actually need to do it.
1: Right,
0: right. Yeah. And you got to find time to play too. I think if you're going to continue to grow in whatever creative field you're in, I think you have to find those moments of play and no stakes because one thing that, that I didn't realize would happen when I started drawing comics full time is that I stopped drawing for fun a lot. And because totally. you're like every moment of my drawing energy has to go into this. And by the time you're done, there's a lot of times like my neck hurts, my hand hurts. I can't stare at a page anymore. And so I've I've been getting better this last year at at finding that, little bit of time whether that be a a quick cool down drawing or a drawing on the weekend you know in the morning before my family's awake or just something to you know usually more more like at night after everyone's asleep but just something to to put some expression down on paper and remember the joy of just mark making and the joy of just expressing and and without without a specific goal in mind uh, you know narratively
2: (laughs) I immediately said like, what would I do? I would probably join a D and D group so I could play (laughs) D and D once a week. So I could have this excuse time to sit there and draw on a sketchbook while I'm playing.
0: Yep. 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 (laughs) I mean, when I do my live streams, it's big part of that is just like, that's just drawing for fun. You know? And I I tell myself that because, because you're going to be interacting with people and stuff. And so, you know, but, but again, it's like finding that way that it can feel like it's separate from the, 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 Well, the money A, the schedule B, and then sort of the pressure C, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a freedom, you know?
2: And that's, and that's the thing. I think when we have to figure out what our motivations are in life, like the first thing you said there is if you can detach the financial aspect of it and then examine the motivation, you can, you can then know whether this is the right thing for you or the wrong thing for you, like whatever the action Mm -hmm. is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like I, 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 I kid you not. Like I, I'd say probably every other month I have this sort of like, why am I doing this podcast? Like you know, because I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to edit this thing. I got to put some graphics together. I got to you know upload it. Like there's some time that's spent in the process. But then I have conversations with people, and I'm like, well, I, I do it because it's like such in, I it's such like a, I don't know, recharge for my own battery yeah. to hear somebody who's doing something which may not even be close to what i'm doing i mean if if i'm talking right. to a, a colorist or or, or even a, a you know an artist i don't sit and at a drawing table and draw all day long but when you say certain things i'm like oh that's right. yeah yeah
1: okay yeah
0: there's a common there's a commonality i think in, in all creative fields and i think when you find that you know i i have friends <clears throat> i'm very fortunate to have friends that do a lot of different creative things you know and and Musicians and my wife's a jeweler. That's her table over there. She's oh cool a, she jewelry, and I have friends that are musicians and friends that are film directors and friends that are sculptors and video game designers and and it's just like when you sit down with them and, and just have a the conversation. There's a lot of these commonalities between you know finding sort of <clears throat> where your engagement is and how you make decisions and and where your struggles are and how each different art form iterates in a different way. Um, cause I think that it's the same way for people that don't do creative things. I think everyone should try to do something creative, honestly, mm-hmm. everybody, anything, because I think that you start to realize that it gets you out of that mindset that this is some sort of, uh, um, unattainable magic thing, or, or people use that dirty word like, Oh, you're just so talented. I'm like, talented. Yeah. well, I, I do this every day. It's not like I just popped out of the womb and I could draw. It's like, Sure, maybe some people have a natural inclination towards certain types of things, right? Sure, but you're not going to be great unless you work at it, you know. And right. and and I think that um, it, it it I think it helps you when you hear someone else talk. Like if I hear a musician talk about how they write a song, you know, it makes me appreciate it even more. I appreciate the music even more because I see what goes into it. And and mm-hmm. I always hope that you know, I always encourage everyone to try to do something creative even if it's a weekend pottery class or a writing class or or screen printing or or learn to play guitar you know because it enhances i think the overall experience of not just other artworks but but your own life gets yeah. gets richer when you when you find out that you can express things and you can make things that you think are beautiful or ugly or whatever it is that you're trying to to get out of your soul or whatever you want to call it
1: mm-hmm
2: yeah i yeah i get it and and you know you're right what you said so much earlier about this being the golden age like this for comic books like this is the time that people are putting in this country the widest variety of works ever yeah and the level of overall talent is super high it's, I mean, it's really quite impressive and I'm not, not saying that like there wasn't a great level of talent making comic books for Marvel and DC in, in 1984, there was, sure. right. but they were making that kind of comic book. They weren't right. making a wider variety of, you know, of right. stories and genre, and genres. So, um, it's, it, you know, it's, you know, breathtaking
0: it's fun it's fun do you do, so do you how, how do you engage with comics nowadays is it mostly as a reader do you do you feel how do you feel your like what's your connection with comics now i'm curious
2: well okay i guess three 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 fact factors i guess first off there's a great nostalgia aspect of it for me mm-hmm. as a, as you know as a lifelong fan of the uh, of comic books and i still have all these things that i love so i go i'm always willing to go and look look back at the things that i love but then i get to talk to a lot of people doing new stuff so i'm exposed to so much that i've never oh i had no idea i didn't know what this was or i did or someone says hey did you did you ever read this i'm going oh, don't read that and i go so i go hunt it down and i find it and i'm like oh my god this is amazing and like i mean you you were talking about daniel um like i really wasn't aware of his work until this, like this last year i knew who he was i had heard his name and i but i wasn't like a reader of his work so i've bought a bunch of his stuff and i read it i'm like oh okay like i get it like i see what people i see why people are doing it i would put him in that category of sinkevich someone who is doing something at a level that is moving the industry in a direction by yeah. their, through their work yeah like, what he does people are going i want to do something like that not his style and not his story but they want to do something because he's doing that and bill changed the industry where people like we can paint these things okay i'm gonna paint some comics and yeah um and then also i'm you know i'm making comic books too so and not on a frequency level but like i'm you know i wrote a story that we did through the podcast a couple of years ago. So I had a bunch of creators like, um, Nick Hagnetti was one of them. Yeah. And a few, and a few other people. And like, we did a comic book and it was like a, so I wrote a story and everybody did this, you know, cool artwork and we put it out there. And then, so, and I'm also editing a couple of comic books for people because the biggest thing, like people who are doing indie comics, are missing is an eye that's objective yeah. and looking yeah. at it to say, Hey, this, something's missing, or you're, you're, you're breaking your back here for something that's not working. Like all these right. kinds of
0: elements. Right. Wow. right. Right. That's cool. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause you know, it seems like you've had the opportunity to engage with, with it in so many different ways. And so like the idea of helping with, with something like as an editor seems kind of ideal because it allows sort of you to apply technical knowledge but also just historical knowledge right of mm-hmm. of all these different things and since you're also a creative person that gives you a better understanding of what it means when you give that feedback i think a lot of people right. they give feedback don't understand you know I, I i've had a very few bad experiences with with writers or collaborators but usually a big crux of the bad experience is that they ask for things without really understanding what it is they're asking for or mm-hmm. make suggestions without any sort of mm, historical reference and so sometimes it 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 can be a little maddening when someone's like, "Oh, you just need to change this character's hair on every page." And you're like, "Well, I already drew those pages, man. I wish we would have caught that a little sooner." You know, right. or whatever. Uh <laughs> but at the same time, like there's moments where you could say something as simple as like, "Hey, have you thought about this moment in this panel removing the word balloon because it mm-hmm. reads fine as it is. Or did you think yeah. about adding a word balloon? Cause I'm unclear about what's happening here. Those are the kind of things that can take a work from being like, okay. To being like really good.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a kid, um, super friends was like the jam, you know, watch, watching that on Saturday mornings. And the, the one thing that bothered me about the cartoon was and it's the same example I use over and over again is on screen is Aquaman swimming to the bottom of the ocean and grabbing, let's say, a giant anchor. But the voiceover goes, "As Aquaman swims to the bottom of the ocean, and picks up a giant anchor." And I'm like, "We we see this like so at that moment, I understood the difference between like showing and not telling as a right. storytell as a storyteller." So it's that removal balloon. Like I'm one of the books that I'm editing as uh, a first time writer, you know, long time artist. And there are these balloons that don't need to be there because the visuals are telling the story, but the writer, lots of new writers also think like, well, I got to write something. You know, you don't have to, you wrote something, that's what's on the page. Now you get to actually add some narrative and dialogue that to enhance the experience.
0: Right, right. And it's such a dance with comics between, Mm -hmm. you know, the word balloons, the narration, the onomatopoeias, the paneling, the look at the characters and when the dance is really flowing it, you don't, you don't notice and, and, and you're just kind of pulled through it. Um, but then there's those moments where, I don't know. I, you know, I think of the, there's this one, I, I remember this, I saw this one comic. It was like an old John Cassidy comic and there's like a gunfight going on and there's like a hundred guys shooting at each other, but every single little gun has a pow next to it. And it's like, <laughs> Oh boy, like this is, a, this is a little excessive. I think the little muzzle flash is is reading that just fine. But it's like little things like that 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 um, that that make the medium so um, like I'm never I'm never bored with it, you know. No matter what what which way I'm engaging with it, there's these little little moments and these little parts that just can be tweaked and, and turned and kind of you can always make it a little bit better. The hard part sometimes is letting go, you know. I get I get, mm-hmm. I get something back from Mike or I get back something back from John. I'm I was like I always want to tweak everything just and it's like it's it's all good, but it's like ah just a little bit this way maybe. You know, and sometimes you do have to step back, but that's the fun part, though, is is really getting in there with everybody and saying, "Well, how can we make this just look like a really gelled thing?"
2: Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, the one great advantage of you know the majors, if we want to call them that, is that there's an editor and there's a there's a deadline, and the bottom <laughs> line is <laughs> you someone's going to come and take that artwork away from you, like yeah. it's gonna it's yeah. gonna no longer be in your control. So. Yeah you know on the independent level it's real tough because you can man you can you can round the corner of something forever like you can round the corner of a circle till you have a dot like it is just the nature of the creative you know cycle
0: i've been there man (laughs) you know i something i'm getting myself off of that you know and 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 trying to surround myself with people that are more used to the the kind of work I'm trying to make right now and, and taking their advice of like, Hey, just, just leave it. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. How it is. It's going to work fine. No yep. one's going to think it's bad. It's and you're going to draw the other thing. I try to remind myself, you're going to draw a lot more drawings, man. Like every yeah. single one of them cannot be the last drawing you ever do. You have to think of it as, as it, you know, iterations in a series of sort of your progression, you know, as a, a visual creative mm-hmm. and, uh, and also trust, that the other team members are bringing something to the table that enhances it as well. And so, you know, m- maybe something isn't exactly perfect, but then I hand it off to Mike and Mike finds some way to make it just perfect. You know, th- yeah. he makes it perfect. Or then we hand it off to John and he finds a way to kind of make that perfect or, yep. or, or, or work a lot better. And that's the fun thing that, you know, transitioning from from being a, a sole creator on, on most of my past work to being a collaborator that's something I've actually grown to really enjoy and really love is that it's a team sport and, and everybody is contributing, you know, the best they can to the project. And so what you end up with is, is something that has more positive elements than you could have brought to the table on your own. Um, and it makes the work feel a lot more fresh. So when you have those long days of creating, you get some color pages back and like, Oh wow, these actually look really cool. Like I'm, 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 I'm excited again. And then, and then the books come in the mail and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is incredible. And then you get to hear what people say about it. And so the hard part is, is like where I've been the last year where I, I've been drawn stuff. I can't show anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited for that to be out there. I mean, if people love it or hate it either way, at least I'll know, you know, that, that it's, it's got some sort of life beyond me. Um, because it, you know, it, it is easy to sort of, um, I think it's important too to talk, to talk to other people, whether that be in, in the context of something like this, or, or friends you share a studio with or a phone call with, because, it, you know, you get in your own head a mm-hmm. lot, and, and for me, that was always a challenge. It's still a challenge for me. I've struggled with anxiety and depression for a lot of my life, and I think that if you if you cut yourself off and you put all of your self worth into the page you're drawing right now, it can be really bad for your mental health. And so, oh, yeah. I've been trying to, to encourage other people too, but especially myself, to you got to talk to other creatives and you got to share and you got to you got to find out other ways to get invigorated other than just your own ideas.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, outside of the, your, you know, being in contact with, you know, a sort of a regular group of people while you're working through your week, what are, what are the other things you do to try to mitigate that buildup of anxiety, uh, you know, for this, because like, you know, perfection is the, was the enemy of progress. Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. so, and I think a lot of people who make stuff can identify with that. So what do you, like, what are the things you do to try to make that not a problem?
0: Um, you know, I try, I've been, I'm working on getting, you know, I, so I quit, I quit my job and then within three months of me quitting my job, we, we got pregnant and and it was like, not totally planned, like halfway planned, you know, it was kind of okay. like, oh yeah, we should have a baby sometime. And then we were pregnant and then right after the baby was born, the pandemic stuff sort of kicked off. And so I think it, I got, uh, really stuck in sort of this, um, uh, insulated kind of, you know, routine. Mm-hmm. And also I, I I felt this pressure to make stuff and, and, and work all the time because I have a child to provide for and everything. And so, you know, there was just, I was just constantly under pressure and it got to a point where I kind of hit my, my breaking point. And, yeah. uh, and I, I finally sought out the help that I needed. And so, you know, one thing that was a big part of it was was, yeah, engaging with therapy and and, and going to therapy and, and finding a way to talk about that kind of thing with somebody mm-hmm. and make talking about things that weren't just my work. Right. And then the other part of it was actually making the effort, whereas I think before I would find ways to engage with things I liked and see friends just naturally, I think once all that happened and I felt this pressure and and, and kind of the weight of how much drawing it is to do comics hit me. I kind of just stopped seeing friends. I stopped going out. I stopped taking time to play video games. I, I stopped right. all that. And so what I've been doing is, is trying to put those things on on a calendar in a, in a sacred way. So mm. uh, for example, on Sundays, there's, there's a, my, my closest group of friends, which includes my, my younger brother and, and a couple other guys, we get on uh, a call and we all watch the same movie together and talk while we watch it. And it's oh, cool. You, you, we generally watch bad movies and horror movies and things like that. And that's a thing that I never, ever, ever miss. You know, I, Mm -hmm. well, unless of course like death in the family or something, you know, those kind of things. Right. But like, I, I make that something that's like, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, 10 times out of 10, it's a positive thing that I did that. And then I've been trying to do other things now that things are sort of feeling a little more normal. Like I'm going to go draw somewhere else. the day or i'm going to go meet up with a friend with the sole purpose of hanging out with them it doesn't have to be for business it doesn't have to be for something else i'm just going to get together with them and hang out and talk um and then the other thing i'm trying to get better at is um you know i read comics now i don't read them as much as i used to in the sense of going to the store and having a giant pull list Mm -hmm. but i try to seek out the ones that i've always wanted and then really engage with the ones that i've always appreciated and so i try to have uh, you know, at least once or twice a week, a time where I sit down and, and just spend time with an artist edition or an art book or go through, say, a run of a comic and really just, just really look at it and really yeah. find the things that, that bring me joy from it. So, so, you know, I've been just sitting over this Michael Golden, you know, artist edition, maybe, I don't know, four or five times since I got it. I just, kid goes to bed, I've come in here, turn the lights off, except for my studio light, and I just mm-hmm. look at it. Or, um, you know, I, I just recently was just, I pulled out a bunch of my Aaron Weisenfeld comics because those are very few, but I (laughs) love them. And so I pulled them out and I was like, I'm just going to look at Aaron Weisenfeld for a while. Oh my God. It's a big difference. Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) I, 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 I talked to him two plus years ago. I was like, like, do you want to come on? You know, you want to come on and talk? He's like, no, I just, I don't want to, he doesn't want to talk about comics anymore.
0: I know. I know, and that, you know that's great for him. It. And I like his, I like his fine art stuff. I think I he's love
2: great. his paintings. Yes,
0: but man, oh man, he I made some just amazing comics. I mean, he's definitely in that same wheelhouse as a Golden and a Pearson, but he's got his own version of that. And that Team Seven miniseries, the Wolverine Deathblow, and then I was mm-hmm. just looking at those two short stories in Wildstorm that just black and white of Deathblow fighting some crazy guy. They're they're incredible, and it's yeah. like. I just, I, I need to know who has those pages because I need to see them <laughs> in real life. You know? That stuff blows me away. And so like, that's the thing that like, excites me. Yeah. And, and um, but yeah, it's like, it's like finding time to, to have a life again. And I think that when I got really sucked into this being my job and the pressure of it, I stopped having a life. And so yes. I'm trying to go to the movies again, you know, go, go sure. out to eat, you know, like do something that is, there's no purpose other than I enjoy this and like yeah. letting myself enjoy it.
2: this is a good summer for going to movies like there's been a bunch of really good ones to go check out and uh yeah we've been we we were pretty avid film goers and then the pandemic hit they stopped letting us go to movies and then we fell out of the habit so this year like my wife has been like hey let's go to the movies let's go to the movies i'm like all right cool like
0: i'm trying to get back to it i'm i'm a i was a rabbit movie goer before i I mean, I was a member of of different movie theaters, especially the art house stuff, and I was at mm-hmm. the theater like once a week at least. Yeah, and then I would also go to two two or so concerts every month, like musical concerts, and I I haven't been to any since the wow. pandemic happened. I have two coming up finally. All right, but uh, those were the things that kind of have taken hit, and 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 part of it is the pressure of working. Part of it's just money is tight, you know, and sure. part of it is just like the time and energy that goes into having a kid, especially in these first few years of their life. You know, she's three now and uh, three and a half. And, you know, sometimes I might have an hour or two at the end of the day, but you're just like, I'm going to sit on the couch Uh because I cannot even move anymore. You know, it's a lot bringing up kids. And and that's a joy too. I don't, it's not a bad thing. No, no, but it's inspiring, but it it sucks the energy out of you.
2: It is. It's, I mean, listen, having a child is having a job. And, you know, and it becomes your first and most important job in your life when you have one. So it shuffles your schedule, you know, in a fashion that is not in a negative. It's just this is more important. Like we've all had problems in our life happen. And when these problems happen, for some reason, we're really capable of dropping everything and going to be there for somebody who's, you know, like if somebody's had a death in the family or if you had it, like everything doesn't you, you just handle it. And you take care of business, right. um, and that's like you know a kid is that thing, but it's doesn't stop. It stays, you know, it stays going. So you have to kind of shift, to, you know, your whole, you know, your life around. Um, yeah,
0: it's been a learning a learning process, and, and I don't, you know, I I I think the, the 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 thing that my wife and I had a problem, I think, letting go of early on was that like it's not going back, you know, like there's nothing's going back to how it was ever before. So mm-hmm. so what you need to do is start to find the new opportunities for joy and for experiences that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't had a kid. And, and it's been it, definitely feeling more like that, the, especially once she turned like three and, and started having a lot of personality and stuff, you, you, you realize like, I'm, I'm in that phase now that I think all parents get to eventually we're like, what was I like before I had a kid? Like, what was life like before this? Sure. Like nothing makes sense without this. Like this is, this is life, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like there's lots of ups and downs and and I think um you know there there was this romanticized part of me that thought when I quit my job I would just be this um you know mercenary comic book artist that <laughs> that just only did that and was like the best and like all these right. things and um I realized even before we had the kid that that just doing that one thing all the time is is like uh It's not. It's not good. It's not good to just do one thing all the time. Like you don't. Your life starts to suck really quick and get boring really quick, and then the work starts to suffer, and then it's just this bad feedback loop. Like you have to have other influences and other other activities you do, and and so that's that's another big goal for me is that to find a new hobby again, and and I think that once my, uh, once my kid is is, um, you know, she's been more and more into school, and and she's going to start kindergarten and stuff. You know, I'm excited to to have a hobby again. I used to play video games a lot. I never play them anymore. And I've, I've been, I used to do music a little bit and I never do that anymore. And so I'm I'm excited to kind of get my hobby horse going again. <laughs> Cause that, yeah. that when I do engage with those things, it, it, like we we're talking about, it's just like talking to people in other fields. I think engaging with things outside of your expertise,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that maybe you're not like not great at, they, they really push you to, to kind of, you know, um, not be so hard on yourself and to, not think that there's sort of, um, some sort of perfect goal you're going to hit in, in your career of like, oh, I've mastered everything and everybody thinks I'm the best and I can do whatever I want. Like, that's not really what happens anyway.
2: (laughs) I, 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 I I think it's a very small room full of nobody. Um, in that respect, I I think, I think it might be, we may think that there is this place to achieve and attend, you know, but it's not there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I can relate to all that. I remember having really bad like issues about like, I would leave my, my, you know, my apartment and I would go out and I would be constantly thinking about like, Oh man, like I'd be worried about going out because I was worried that I would miss that moment of like inspiration that the the great stuff would happen. And, um, It was, it was a really, and it was really weird because you could be aware of it. You could be like, like, this isn't probably good, right? (laughs) You would say that, you know, in your head, but it was very hard to kind of not have that sort of omnipresent sense in your, you know, in the back of your head, just kind of ruining a lot of stuff at times. Yeah.
0: Right. Like you have to take a vacation from yourself and Mm -hmm. from your job and and sort of just be like, I'm not thinking about that right now. And, right. uh, and I just got back from a little short weekend family trip with my family and I, I like I was mentioning before I didn't work at all and and mm-hmm. there was a moment of panic when I got back but at the same time I was like man it's kind of a relief to just especially yeah. with the book coming out this week and and all the other things that have been going on in my life just to have a moment of, of none of that was was really it was really nice you know and, and and it's like you fight it and you fight it and fight it but once you're there and once you know okay uh, mm-hmm. yeah I feel a little refreshed <laughs> yeah we're like
2: we're going well, my wife's actually already out in Colorado, but I'm flying out there on Wednesday. So that would be tomorrow for <laughs> listeners. listeners. Um, and it's one of these things where I'm like, oh, God, like I have all this work to do. I have all this work to do. Um, I got a kill fee over, over, over the weekend, which is great. So one of those projects went away. So I'm like, all right, that's, that's good. One less thing to do. But it's just this whole sort of freak out thing. And I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be contacting agents to get an agent to sell the, this book. And my wife right. was like, so what's going on with that? I'm like, I'm hoping that magic of going away on vacation thing <laughs> happens where you can actually think about your life and go, yeah. okay, I can attack this problem now. Like I know right. what I need to do. Here are the steps, you write them down, and then you take right. care of them when you come back. Um,
0: you get outside of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You feel like, okay, it's not... It's not on top of me anymore. It's over there and I can look at it and kind of see it. Whereabouts in Colorado are you are you headed?
2: We're going uh well I'm going out to Salida first, which is like a kind of a cool small town on the on yeah. the Arkansas River. Yeah. And then heading up to uh Dillon, which is up in Summit County.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I my uh my family lives in Colorado and and we're okay. actually they're, out, they're in the southeastern corner, small towns, so yeah, Pueblo, Rocky Ford, La Junta, that kind of mm-hmm. area. And uh, I used to live in L.A., so I would drive through Salida all the time between oh, cool. Colorado and L.A. So I know that area very well. It's really pretty.
2: It's great. It's really great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to you know just get some like mountain hiking in and yeah,
0: yeah. get away
2: get away from everything for a little while. Like, you know, like I, I was just talking to myself. I'm like, you know, you don't have to write every day. You don't have to sit and bang out. Yeah, you know a thousand words every day you if you get yeah. some time do a little writing but don't don't feel right. obliged to bust your neck you know
0: right right let yeah. it not feel like work for a little bit and then when yeah. it is work again it doesn't feel like work as much anymore and it feels right. fun again you know it's 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 res, respite or whatever you know it's like this this like again it's like you, you take it away from being something that has all of your self-worth tied to it and you let it be this amazing thing that you are fortunate enough to engage with, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people would love to, to write comics every day or draw comics every day. I mean, I I was one of those people for years. I was like, I just want to draw comics all day. And you know, you get caught up in it once you're doing it and you start to find the bad parts of it or the parts you don't like about it. But I always try to take those breaks to remind myself like, Oh, like this is pretty cool. (laughs) You know, this is pretty neat. Like this is really fun. And, and like, this is, this is, you know, a ride. I, I have not been on before and now I get to go on this ride.
2: Yeah. It's, I mean, it it is, I mean, listen, it's a great fortune and privilege for anybody who is able to make their way in their living without having to be in somebody else's office on their, on their clock. Um, and it's, it it is, but it's a lot of work and it's your own thing and you, and, and the responsibility really does fall on you as the individual to, maintain your sense of sanity at all you know at all turns because it is because there is nobody you know punching in and punching out that you know the day you really have to do it all and
0: uh it's a lot i i would say that's the thing that that it was a cliche that i heard but it i fully understand now like it my old job was way easier than this (laughs) i was like a hundred million times easier than this i worked. I thought I worked hard then I work way harder now. Yeah. And, uh, and not only is that you're working harder because you're doing everything yourself, but also anytime you got reassurance from your old boss or your old coworkers or your old employees before you're not getting those reassurances constantly anymore. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's, it's a whole nother kind of, uh, you know, mental state that you find yourself in. And and it's great, you know, it's great, but it's, it's like, I, I try it. You know, at some point you realize the reality of it and then you find ways to sort of, you know, uh, live through that. You mm-hmm. know, uh, like I said, I mean, it's just it's easy when, you know, when I had my day job and you get performance reviews and raises and everybody, oh, you're doing great. And it, it's really easy to feel like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. And, and uh, you know, whereas now I draw six issues of a comic and nobody's even seen it yet. <laughs> it's right. like, I don't know if I'm doing good or not. We'll find out. <laughs>
2: right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting because it's not real time. It is so not real no. time. And it no. is, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, the th- I mean, boy, man, anything of a creative project which is in a production line takes forever. You know, you yeah. could spend a year or two writing a novel and it's still going to be a year or two before that novel gets on the shelves. So yep. there is no there is no padding on the back. You just get these moments of people, you know, you get your fellow writers who've read stuff going, Hey, that's right. great. Or you get your beta right. readers going, Oh, we really love this, you know, or right. whatever the agent's like, Oh, I can't wait to, I can't wait to sell this. Or, you know, we got a deal, right. you know, any of those right. things, these are your, these are your perks along the way, but you're still sitting in limbo because it's mm-hmm. not until it's out there and somebody says, I'm going to take my hard earned money and time and trade, you know, and spend it on this. It's a really different thing. So being in the comic industry is the same thing. It's just a bit shorter timeline, unless you're Jason Copeland who spent five years making a comic book. Jason. <laughs> book well, looks great, though. It's amazing. I can't, I really can't <laughs> wait for it to, to come in. I've, it's going to be so fun to read. It's going to be a blast. So are you... Uh, a million questions. Okay. Okay. Um, are you writing your own things? I mean you were doing your own comic books, but now you're in the sort of you know the sort of the bigger light of you know you know other publishers. Are you writing stuff, preparing things to write stuff are you what's the what's happening
0: yeah no that's that's a great question i I always try to have a few different things at least if if nothing else, a few different things bouncing around in my head, but if I mm-hmm. can have them in other states of uh goings on that that's always a good thing and so um before I started this, and actually before I did the first Beef Bros, I had, I had been working on a, a science fiction story called Eris with my younger brother, and I've done two issues of it. And the third issue is the last issue. Okay. It's just sort of been on hold. And so as I was working on this, I was finishing writing that with him. And then uh, I started thumbnailing that. And so anytime I'm going to have a lull here, I'll probably try to dive into that and, and kind of wrap that up because I would really like to just have that story complete and have it be another item in my library of work. And then the other thing that I'm always sort of trying to figure out is um, I think I want to try to keep doing this Inktober challenge and whatever people want to call it or however they feel about all that, I don't care. The idea of doing a book or a, or a story or some drawings in the course of a month every day, um, I'm going to continue to do that. And so I've been sort of toying around with the different ideas of of what this year's will be. So in the past years, I've done some fan comics and and some, but I've also done some more kind of uh, experimental type comics and I've done just portraits. And, uh, this year I'm trying to sort of zero in on what it is. So I've got maybe three or four different options. I've been bouncing around in my head and, and talking to people about, um, and then, um, you know, kind of just in the strictly professional realm, I, I'm, I'm always bumping my other contacts to just be like, you know, if you, if you got anything out there that would be yeah. interesting, you know, especially if an issue of the X-Men or, you know, uh, some kind of image covers or something like that. I mean, I'm always looking for that, for that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, mostly Eris. And then this Inktober stuff is my next sort of like thing. Um, if the schlub continues to kind of go on and be, uh, you know, hopefully as successful as we hope it to be that that'll probably, you know, keep rolling indefinitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably try to finish up my thing. And then I, I, there's a group of writers that, that I've worked with in the past that I'm always open to, to working with again. So I'm always talking to Seth, Jacob and Aubrey Citizen, Matt Merrill-Lowry and, and Kenny. And and anytime I can get something going with those guys. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's like, it's like being an air control, you know, air traffic controller. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. you have to, you have to like set like all these things in the long distance, you know, and like put them up there and then you got to figure out how you can time them so they can land, you know, you know, sequentially, not concurrently. Um, So you have some sort of breathing room.
0: You do your best, but they always end up crashing on the runway together. (laughs) It's it's crickets for so long. You know how it is. And then all of a sudden five people say yes. And you're just like, I have to find a way to make this work, you know, right or You're like, all right, I signed this deal and this is gonna take me through the rest of the year, and then it falls apart. You know, I've had a couple (laughs) situations like that that just and then you hadn't, you know, maybe you didn't have anything lined up, or maybe the thing you had lined up because you said no to it initially, they they went some other direction, and so now Mm -hmm. that's not on the table anymore. And yep. It's definitely a juggling act. And as a anxious control freak, that has been a big learning curve for me to kind of just be able to go with the flow a little bit more and and obviously you're trying to find work and you're trying to do your best work, but on some level, there's just things that are outside of your control and, and projects that will take longer or 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 the funding will fall through or whatever it is. And so I've been trying to get a little bit better at that. And that's why when I do have backup stuff, I try to make it first and foremost my projects, because I know what I want to accomplish with those. Mm-hmm. And I sort of know how to do that because I've done it before. And so that's always like, okay, if I've got at least one of my own books in the hopper, I at least know I won't be lacking uh, something to work on whether or not it's bringing in money is, is the other part of it. But like, I'll have something to work on that I care about.
2: That's so. cool. Yeah. I, but I, I, I've, I haven't spoken to Aubrey. And he probably doesn't even remember me, but I think he was like the assistant to the assistant editor. Like he was like really low on the totem yeah, pole at Marvel that. back at like back in, back in the day, early two thousands. And I was going up to go talk to, Oh, Tom, I'm blanking on Tom's last name right now, Tom Brevort, And Mike Martz was Tom's assistant editor, editor at the time. And I was going to go in their office. And I think Aubrey was the one who answered the door. Like I was like, I had to come in and like, like go to like when you get the elevator, walk down a hallway, there's nothing there, but you know, we'll, we'll you know, just hit the button and someone will come and get you. And it was Aubrey.
1: <laughs>
0: He's a riot, you know, he'd be a fun yeah. one to have on. He's he's a he's got a lot of energy and I think yes. that uh, when I first when I first started working with him, I think that was a good counterbalance for me. I'm kind of a low-key guy and to have someone who is just brimming with excitement was very refreshing for me yeah. and very invigorating.
2: Yeah, he's 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 just he's like just full of high octane and going. <laughs> I love it. So, you now are you doing your work Traditionally or digitally, how are you like is it a combo
0: yeah, it's sort of a combo i okay. at some point um right around the time i I quit my day job, I started incorporating um drawing on the iPad a little bit for my thumbnailing and layouts, and so I generally will do my my thumbnails and layouts on an iPad and I just use procreate. It does mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. everything anybody could possibly want honestly and uh and it's cheap and so I do uh, the thumbnails on there and, and, and depending on the page, sometimes I will do a little more detailed uh, stuff on there um, for things like if I need to do a perspective grid or if I'm drawing uh, a character I've never drawn before, I might develop them a little further in, in the digital form. And then I print that up onto Bristol in blue line. And then mm-hmm. I do my pencil things mm-hmm. over that and then yeah. it comes back in through the scanner. And then, uh, so that's generally how I work. Um, even before I had the iPad, I was doing sort of a weird thing where I would, in my sketchbook, draw different moments from the book or, or panels. And then I would end up kind of compositing them digitally. Yeah. And then I would print that out and then trace it onto the paper. And because I, you know, I would always, the thing that's the hardest for me, I think for most people, is sort of those layouts and sort of getting the storytelling down and the flow of the overall issue. And the advantages of doing a lot of that stuff digitally, just I really enjoy, even though I don't particularly like drawing digitally. Mm -hmm. Um like the act of it is not as fun for me. Um I will say though, you know, before I would do a Wacom and then I had a tablet for a little while and I would use those for coloring or layouts a little bit. But once I got the iPad it felt a lot more natural and easier for me to draw. Um but I the way I think about it is is I use that as sort of a tool to make the that process go a little smoother. But the thing that I enjoy the most and where I want to spend most of my time is on paper. I just that's if I'm not doing that, it, it's kind of like we were talking about. I'm like, I'm, you know, that's what I, that's the part I enjoy. I, I want to yeah. try to spend as much time on that as possible. Um, so all my, all, like all the pages for Schlub are, are, you know, printed, you know, printed blue line, but then pencil and ink over it. Okay. And, uh, and I love the, I love having original art. I love buying original art. I love selling original art. I love the idea that, you know, people can have that intimacy with it on a, on another level past the book itself. So. I always try to have originals with me at shows and sell them and I'll be dropping art for the slug when it comes out and I'm really excited about all that.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I always say like, if I had to do comic books now for a living, I would do it digitally. But if someone said, Hey, you don't have to worry about money, you know, for a year and you can do a comic book of your own, I would do it all traditionally.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's fun and and there's advantages to digital and and I I color my own work when I do when I do my own books and Mm -hmm. and I color digitally. I color on the iPad mostly Um, and then a little bit of Photoshop in there. But, um, you know, part of it is is also like I've been drawing on paper since I can remember. Mm -hmm. And so I could get more proficient with digital, of course. Right. I mean, anybody could, but I don't have a strong desire to be 100% 100% digital and be proficient with it. And there's just things that happen on paper that for me, again, that it's not just where the joy is, but it's also, I just think where my skills excel a little bit. Um, and it, it sometimes bothers me because it, I would be a lot faster and probably a lot cheaper if I was digital, but mm-hmm. uh, but then I would also be sacrificing the joy of drawing on paper and also the the, the, the additional income of selling originals and yeah. doing the commissions. which which nowadays is, is, is not, not bad. If you can, if you can get people to pick up the, the pages.
2: Yeah. If you have, I mean, if you have a fan base that wants to collect your artwork, it's a, it's an, it's an amazing stream of revenue. Um, yeah. I, the, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I love, love inking with a brush. I mean, I, I haven't done it in a long time, yeah. but then. there is nothing more like really doing it in my mind than yeah. having a, you know, a brush fat with ink and it's going to go do the job and you, and you have to like handle that Bronco the whole time.
0: It, I mean, I get excited just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that's, that's the magic for me is, is just making the marks and, and looking at them and feeling the ink on the paper. And, uh, you know, that's, that's worth the low pay, the long hours, the <laughs> sore neck, <laughs> like that's, there's something magical there and that's the drug I'm always chasing is like those experiences of, of the actual act of making it, but then doing something that, you know, that you have in front of you and you're like, Whoa, you know, like this, this is like, you know, this it, it happened, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. like that's the drug you're chasing. I mean, most of the time you're just frustrated and you're not getting what you want and yada, yada, yada. Right. But like when you hit that, that perfect moment of just you're flowing, and, you know. It's the middle of the night, and the inks flowing, the pages are looking great. You're feeling happy. I mean, nothing else compares to it.
2: No, it's it's. I mean, it, it's an amazing feeling. Um, you know, it's this, this sort of elation, terror, all kind of mixed <laughs> up. It you know rolled up into one thing. It's this real kind of interesting roller coaster.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah
2: i I don't know if I say I miss it' <laughs> it's, it's so it's so bloody hard but um i i you know i love i love the memory of it i'll tell you that much
0: yeah i'm not i'm not to the point of hating it yet and, no, uh, no not, honestly, not hatred think, yeah well sure right i'm, but old. I'm not for me yeah <laughs> but i think I think that you know I definitely do you know right now i'm all in on on kind of doing superhero stuff but yeah. um I know that in my future there'll be another another turn that I take with it where I, I try to do something different because that's what I love about mm-hmm. it is that there's so much room in this medium of comics to do so many different kinds of things. And I would hate to limit what I could experience, you know, in, in making different kinds of work. And so, you know, right now I'm, I'm just obsessed with action muscles and punching and superheroes yeah. and all that. But, uh, you know, I did a serial killer book before and I did a, a some kind of weird esoteric sci-fi book before and I did autobio before and, and like, I see more of that in my future too. And and mm-hmm. and so part of it, and you've probably done this too, it's like working on different genres and working with different people that keeps it exciting so that the, the, the grind part of it sometimes uh, feels like less of a grind. Like I said, you find those collaborators that inspire you or you find another thing I do a lot is I'll change up my tools. Like what's a new pen I can try? Yes. Or,
1: Oh my What's God! A new paper
0: the size I can work with, or something mm-hmm. like that.
2: I that's that's a huge, huge thing. I mean, for anybody who is, they're you know, struggling with this the process of becoming an artist. Um, there is nothing will get you to another level of creativity faster than changing the tool out, because the gray matter has to recontextualize how you solve this problem with this new yeah. thing in your hand.
0: Right. Right. No. Right, you want to get to the point where it's all just tools that can be used for whatever their purpose is. Through, right. you know, and you you sort of are conduit with the tool, you know, uh, through there to to sort of do it. And and so that's been really fun. And that's another advantage of talking to other creative people, especially other people who draws. Like, you know, my favorite thing to do is I'll go to a show, and I love to just pour through people's portfolios. And be like, how what did you do right here, and how did right. you do that, and like what what were you using for this, and and man, it's it's so much fun to have those conversations. I mean, I love to have those kind of conversations because it's it's like you know, you know, I used to play sports and stuff, and you know, just playing basketball with somebody and figuring out different ways that you could run an offense or or put a spin on the ball that's going to give you a different sort of result and and those kind of things. It, it's fun to talk shop. Mm-hmm. You know, I love talking shop, and you obviously love talking shop. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. It's it's. <sighs> You know, it's funny, you're saying about going through other people's stuff and, you know, rummaging through their 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 box at the convention. But it's re- what's really funny is that when you're young, you see the other person's tool as the answer. Yeah. And when you get older, you don't see the tool as the answer. You see the tool as another option. Yep. yep. And it's so like it's the best it's like so yeah. cool when you get to that point
0: that's very astute you know because i feel i 100% that's the way i was and you go up to someone's table and you're, you are you know you 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 see what they do and you love it and 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 you, 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 we all love so many different kinds of artists and that that's when it got confusing like well he only uses repeatographs you know right. but this guy yeah. only uses a hunt 102 like mm-hmm. what you know and you think okay if i just start using this falcon 48 nib i'm gonna I'm going to be it's just like that guy, out, you know, and, and it never does. And, and then, you know, y- you end up having these experiences. Like for me, it started to, the, 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 it started to turn for me slightly before I quit my job, you know, just, just, you know, like you go up to someone like Jeff Darrow and, and you see he's drawing with like a golf pencil or something mm-hmm. you know, like none of that matters, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, you know, sure. Different tools have different advantages, but you know, your mastery of sort of, um, of comics isn't going to be your mastery of of a tool it's going to be a mastery of sort of the uh the aspects that make the art form what it is and and then once you have that yeah you can draw digitally you can draw on paper you can draw however you want and you can still get good results yeah and then yeah the, the finding the fun of just working with with different things and and you know when i am at a show or and in, in hanging out with other artists or doing a drink and draw it's so much fun to just be like, what's in your bag? You know, like mm-hmm. let me try that pen out and oh, what kind of, you're using vellum? Oh, I use the plate surface. Like what, you know, why do you think of this? And Oh, you got some zip tones. Let's play with those. And um, it, it just, it's, it's so, so fun. It's like one of the more kind of, dorky fun uh social activities you can have as a comic book artist is just tool talk
2: <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's amazing and then you know you look at the pit you know sort of you look at the apex predators out there you you mentioned darrow you think about alex toth you know just drawing with a you know a, a pentel or one of these things you know like this is yeah. what alex toth spent at, more time drawing with than any other pen or pen or whatever right. and i remember being you know a college student and, and you know asking Golden, I'm like well, what kind of pencil do you use? And He like just holds up a, like a number two Ticonderoga. He's like this. I'm like, Pfft. like, I'm thinking like, Oh, there's gotta be some sort of fancy German pencil. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with a roller lock of some sort of that, that's the reason it's so <laughs> good. No, it's just a pencil. You know,
0: Someone told me a, another golden story where he was working on a, a commission or something. And they were, you know, they were there and, and some art collector guy came up and, and Michael Golden was, he was using a, like a Sharpie. That's all he uses. And the guy was like, the guy was like, well, that's not archival or something. And, yeah. and Michael was like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Right. Well, that's, a, and uh, that's yeah, the thing.
2: Like that. You go, like you go yeah. all, you go through the floor and there's all these great artists and we love them and they're, they do brilliant stuff. And they've got their inks, they've got their washes, they got brushes, they got this, they got that. And then you go to his table and it's just a pile of Sharpies. <laughs> And you're like, all right, like, because he's just doing a thing. It's just a tool. He's not, he's not making artwork for reproduction. He's not doing, you know, he's just sitting there and this is the easiest thing to do, to do the work that he do.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And even if I, even, even as someone who loves having originals, I mean, I love that. I love to see how they age and none of it's permanent. You can have the most archival thing ever, man. It's going to burn up in a fire. It's going to rot in a thousand years, right? right? So it's like, I like to see the aging of those things. I like to see weird marks on it, coffee yeah. stains. And I try to keep my art pretty clean, but there's, it's, there's messes on it. There's parts where I cut it out and yep. there's so much white out on my stuff. It's just covered in, in it, you know, but I hope people appreciate that. Because to me, the engagement with, with the original art is that I know, I know that that artist was spending time with that mm-hmm piece of paper and now I get to spend some time with it, you know, and, and I get to have it and I get to sort of have that deeper connection to something that has meaning for me. And so the book is one thing. You know, books by their very nature, I think, are intimate and cerebral things that we get to engage with in a much different way than say a movie or music. And I think that um that added layer of of, of seeing, you know, a piece of the process that the maker was intimately involved with is, is um, you know, that's that's sort of the another as a fan that's the drug and as a creative that's another drug i'm always after and you know if i had a million dollars i'd be buying original art every day Mm -hmm. but right now i try to just pick the ones that are great and you know as an artist you know this too you you sometimes have the advantage of trading with people and uh sure and so yeah i mean i i like i like seeing the messy stuff i like seeing the the sharpie fill-ins and the you know the parts where they just put an X and and decided to have the colors, fill it in. Even something as simple as that is very mm-hmm. exciting to me.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's all, it's all very cool. And I, you know, like when you asked earlier, and it's the nostalgia aspect just kicks in so often when I'm having, you know, these talks, cause I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's exactly those feelings. That's the feelings when I bought, you know, pages back, you know, in the nineties going, you know, cause you're looking behind, you get to lift the curtain and you get to look back like, Oh, this is how it's made. Like there is that kind of, magic of seeing the real work yeah damn that's good stuff
0: <laughs> now i need to go look at some original art <laughs> i know i
2: know so the schlub <laughs> comes out was it the 22nd Th- third
0: yeah the 23rd of august and then uh you know we have an issue coming out every month we're, we're way ahead of schedule so good. uh you know it should be out every month and uh, the first arc is full of twists and turns and tons of awesome characters and i just cannot wait for people to see it and We've got even more twists and turns that, uh, you know, <laughs> just other crazy things going on. I can't even mention right now, Uh but they're very exciting. And so yeah. I, I cannot wait yeah. for people to see it. And I I would like to build an audience as time goes on. I, I, I don't feel like, you know, I don't think that I never want to be a, 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 a I, I wouldn't want it to be a comic where the first issue is the best selling. I mean, that's usually the case, right? Right. But I think in a perfect world, you want your, your book to, to gain an audience because people enjoy it and they want to mm-hmm. spread the word. And so that's what we're hoping for. And uh, and I feel very, very proud of the work we're doing. And, and it's been an honor to work with them. And, and to have my first book at Image has been, uh, yeah, it's a dream come true. It's a dream come true. It's something mm-hmm. I've wanted to do forever. So
2: you got a great lineup to have your be your first book with Image. So that's not bad.
0: Very fortunate. Very yeah. fortunate to work with. I mean, Ryan is, like I said, one of the greats right now. And Kenny... I think is a writer who's going to go down, you know, in, you know, he, he, he's, he's on those way up, you know, mm-hmm. he's, they just keep giving him more keys over at DC and, and, uh, and Spicer too. I think Spicer not only is a great colorist, but he, he works with really great artists yeah, and also me and he's, <laughs> and he, you know, he's a very, he's a very good colorist. And so I, it's like, it's like all these great pieces have come together. And so it, I'm very excited about it. And, and I, I truly believe if people pick up the book, they'll find something, cool about it that they can enjoy.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, I've only read one issue, but it was, it was great. So I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful too. So I don't get a take. I don't get a cut, you know, cut of the take,
0: but I'm still excited. <laughs> well, I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, right on. And are you going to any shows for us at the year?
0: Uh, so this year I don't have any on the calendar. i um, hoping next year to get back out there again, with the book being a couple issues deep. Um, you know, I, I had done C2E2 and Heroes Con and Cake earlier this year. And those are three shows that I'm hoping to do again next year. But it would be really great if I could get to the East or West Coast next year as well. I I, I would love to do New York or do Emerald City again or uh, San Diego or something in L.A. Uh, would be nice because um, I haven't been to I've never actually been to New York City Comic Con oh. and I've never tabled at San Diego. I've only gone as, as a attendee. But yeah, hoping to be at more of those. Awesome. Right
2: on. It was an absolute pleasure. I'm really glad we got to do this
0: yeah, thanks for for having me on it's It's always fun to talk shop with folks and 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 to meet somebody with with your illustrious history and and get a chance to talk to you has been really rewarding for me. so I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: oh man it was it was an absolute blast. Good luck with the uh, the launch of the new book. Thank you so much.